Now, we want to move on to our next item. Well, we're going to talk this morning about separation and divorce in Ireland and, by extension, the maintenance in such cases. A huge issue for so many people and, indeed, in many cases, it can be a fraught and difficult process. So, if you and your partner decide that your marriage is at an end, what do you do? What steps do you need to take the practical steps. Well, we're joined now by Orla Sharkey, who's a partner and head of family law at Callan Tansy Solicitors based in Sligo. Orla, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for coming in. Good morning, John. And um, first of all, as we mentioned in the introduction, it can be a very, very difficult process, a very difficult period in, in people's lives when they ultimately reach that decision. And then, I suppose, the attention turns to the whole legal side of it. And again, an awful lot of perhaps maybe of the unknown there for a lot of people, I would presume, at the outset. Absolutely. It's a very difficult time for any couple, uh, John, that have reached the decision. I'll just bring you a little bit closer. Sorry, Orlando. Not at all. Um, That have reached the decision, John, to separate. It's always a difficult time. Um, Initially, these are two people that have decided to spend the rest of their lives together and it hasn't worked out for them. And unfortunately, they're faced with the situation that they now have to divide up their lives. So we're talking about two people that have been working together, caring for their children and joining their finances to cover all the costs of a house uh, and all the expenses that come with with that when separation occurs unfortunately the couple have to look at how they will manage their affairs uh, financially but more importantly how will they care for their children when they now decide to live in two separate houses everything is much easier when the couple are in a house together they're joining uh, their expenses and covering their expenses on a joint basis the pressure that separation puts on a couple uh, is untold and the devastation that it causes to children can be very uh, hard But, John, if the couple can work together and try to get the correct legal solution uh, to deal with the issues that arise, Mm -hmm. it can be much easier for that couple. And maybe let's start at the beginning and the whole process, the steps that they have to take at the very beginning to, in many ways, ignite this process to get underway. Absolutely, John. There's a number of options open to every couple that decide to separate. So the first option would be mediation. And that is uh, probably the easiest option and the fastest option to deal with the issues that arise on separation. And that's essentially where the couple would get a mediator who's an independent person who would assist the couple in navigating the issues of separation. So the couple would meet with the mediator by arrangement and discuss the issues at hand. The priority would be to deal with any issues in relation to access to children um, and that would be the first issue that would be addressed. Then the mediator would move on to the financial aspects of separation. So what I mean there is um, the family home, how would that be dealt with? Who will pay the mortgage? What about maintaining the children in terms of finance? Who's going to pay the weekly expenses in relation to the children? And how would all of that be dealt with? Uh, Couples also have pensions, so they would try to reach agreement in relation to the pensions. But for mediation to work, John, there has to be an agreement by the couple to attend mediation and there has to be a willingness for them to work together to resolve the issues. Sometimes, unfortunately, when there's a separation, the relationship has deteriorated to such an extent that the couple simply can't work together to resolve the issues. And if that's the case, 
mediation simply won't work because there hasn't has to be an element of the couple working together for mediation to work. So if mediation isn't an option for a couple, the next option would be a separation agreement. Now that would be where both parties would get a solicitor um, and the solicitors would meet with each um, party individually obviously and they would correspond with each other with a view to reaching an agreement in relation to all of the issues. So again in relation to children and access, in relation to the assets of the marriage, pensions, maintenance etc. And just and obviously the, the the separation agreement is the next step but the advice very much be would be i presume that if um, mediation could be used as the first option to explore that extensively if there was a, a still a working relationship there between the couple. Absolutely, John. If mediation can be utilised, it's the fastest and the most cost effective for the parties to deal with all of the issues. If if mediation is an option, essentially you could have everything dealt with on a consent basis, so by agreement within a number of weeks or a number of months, maybe three months at the most, whereas the court process is obviously a lengthier process and it's obviously much more difficult for the parties. Now I suppose in keeping with tandem with with a lot of legal processes there are various options there are various steps that can be taken we've spoken about the separation agreement which could ultimately maybe lead to divorce but again if agreement can't be reached there we could be looking at a situation where a judicial separation may be needed. Yes, so a judicial separation would be an application to the circuit court. Um, And again, that is an application to the judge, asking the judge to make orders in relation to the issues regarding the family law situation. So that again would be in relation to the maintenance, um, in relation to children and access, and in relation to the assets of the marriage. In relation to applying to court, essentially what you're doing is asking a judge to make orders in relation to the family situation and I I always think family law is different to any other aspect in relation to law in that you're asking a judge to make orders in relation to your family and your family situation. So if you're asking a judge to make access orders, you're asking the judge um, to decide how Uh, each parent should spend time with their children and that can be a very difficult situation to find yourself in. It's often best if the access can be agreed between the parties but there's no doubt that at times access can't be agreed and a judge will make the orders if required to do so. What the judges are doing now in terms of access orders is that they're ordering what's called a Section 32 report. Now that's a court directed report whereby an independent person, maybe a child psychologist or a social worker of many years experience, would meet with each parent and meet with the children so that the voice of the child can be put before the court and the judge can hear what the children are saying without bringing them into the court setting. And I think that's a significant advancement in terms of family law because it, it it's putting the voice of the child in court without bringing them into the court without session. having them to go through that Absolutely. which would be a very daunting uh, process for them now there's a number of questions in here we'll, and we'll continue on with, with uh, maintenance and everything like that uh, payments in just a couple of moments but as you can probably imagine an awful lot of the the legal terms here might be even people scratching their heads and obviously looking for more information as well so let's fire out some of the questions that have come in here um, can you ask what does guardianship of your children mean is it 50-50 access? 
No, guardianship is actually nothing to do with access. They're two separate issues. So guardianship is the entitlement for each parent to be involved in the decision making in relation to their children's lives. So say, for example, what school should a a child attend? A guardian has an interest in that and is able to be involved in the decision making process there. In terms of consenting to medical treatment for a child, a legally appointed guardian can consent to medical treatment. A mother is an automatic guardian of a child. A father is not. Um, Now, there was some improvement in in a father's rights to guardianship by virtue of the Children and Family Relationship Act in 2015, uh, which was brought in to deal with the issue of guardianship. And that has now allowed that uh, an unmarried father, if you're a married father, you're automatically a legal guardian. So if you're an unmarried father, you're not an automatic uh, guardian. But if you have lived with the child's mother for 12 months after the 18th of January 2016 and three of those months must be after the child is is born, then a father is an automatic legal guardian. But if you don't qualify for that specific period, well, then you will have to apply to the court for an order. Whereas access, to answer your question, Mm -hmm. John, is different. Access is distinctly different to guardianship in that access is the time that a parent spends with a child on a daily basis. And that can be allocated by the courts? or It can be by agreement or by the courts. So it could be, I suppose, the traditional situation was um, every weekend um, one parent had access or every second weekend. Whereas now we're seeing in the courts that the access can be on occasion and and quite frequently now, um, access can be split on a 50-50 basis where it could be a week on, week off situation. It could be that one parent has the children at the weekend, one parent has the children during the week. It really can be anything and it's very specific to each family situation because no family is the same. All right, some more questions. Just a flavour of some of the questions, Zorla, that have come in. How long does it take to get a legal separation or a divorce in Ireland? Okay, so if it's a legal separation by way of a separation agreement, uh, that could be done if both parties are working together. It could be done within three to six months. It largely depends on both parties uh, engaging in the process fully. If it's a court application, so say a judicial separation or a divorce application, typically speaking, you're talking about 18 months to two years in the courts. There is um, somewhat of a backlog in terms of the court lists as a result of COVID. So you're probably looking at 18 months to two right. years. And you don't necessarily have to go to court? Absolutely not. You don't have to go to court. If both parties agree to engage in the process, they can um, enter into a separation agreement. But to get a divorce, you must go to court and get a court order. But before the parties go to court, they can have everything agreed in terms of that divorce, which means you're asking the judge to grant the divorce, but everything else is agreed. And it's then approved by the judge. Okay, we've very much maybe looked at it from the the, the whole sense of people maybe been married here but say for instance one of the questions that we've in here is when a couple aren't married and separate is it more difficult to divide assets that they would own and indeed the whole issue of parental rights as well no, it, it's not. There's a Cohabitation Act which allows for people that are cohabiting together um, but they're not married. So in order to qualify under that legislation you must be cohabiting for five years uh, on a continuous basis in a committed relationship um, if you ha- don't have any children. So if you do have children you mu- can, must be cohabiting on a continuous basis for two years to qualify under that legislation. And there's a redress scheme under the Cohabitation Act which allows for the parties to make 
make applications to court for orders in relation to properties, maintenance, um, etc. So similar to if you were a married couple, it's just under a different piece of legislation. Okay. Um, just uh, again on the questions that we have coming in here, um, another listener tells us, I'm separated. Um, am I entitled to my ex-husband's PRSI stamps to apply for an old age pension? That, to be honest, is is a question for revenue and it depends on the particular circumstances of the couple. Uh, Taking that issue on its own, I don't think would be uh, right to do. I would need to speak with that person and get a little bit more information to advise advise correctly on it. Okay. And again, going back maybe over some of the ground that we've already covered, um, should unmarried parents have the same visitation rights to children? I think you've explained that again, depending on how much time the couple were together. It largely depends in terms of the amount of time and access each each parent gets in relation to a children. It largely depends on the circumstances. So say, for example, if you have two parents who are working nine to five and they both have very similar jobs, then you're probably looking at a situation of weekend access for one parent and it being alternated. If, for example, you're talking maybe somebody who's doing shift work and somebody who's doing nine to five work, two parents with different jobs, the person that's doing shift work may not be able to take the children at the weekends or may have more free time during the week to take the children. So it it really isn't connected to whether you're married or whether you're not married. It's more so in relation to the particular circumstances pertaining to your family situation at the time of separation. Each parent has a basic right to access to their children and they're entitled to enforce that right. So then it, 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 the circumstances of the couple come in after that and they're taken into account. Unfortunately, uh, divorces and separations are very much, I suppose, open to the impacts of the rising costs of living, which we have, have seen and heard plenty about. And when it comes to maybe, say, maintenance payments that have been established uh, between couples in relation to looking after children, can they be changed now in light of maybe how the, the cost of living crisis is increasing? And I know it brings us on to the whole section of maintenance payments that you wanted to talk to us about. Absolutely. In terms of maintenance, so when a couple separate, there's usually either an agreement for one parent to pay to the primary care of the children a payment in relation to the expenses of the children, and that's called maintenance. That can be on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. So quite often, if you separated maybe five years ago, ten years ago, you got a maintenance order to say that you were receiving X amount per week in relation to the dependent children. Given the circumstances that are prevailing at the moment in terms of the cost of living, Um, people are under considerable pressure financially speaking in relation to dealing with all of the expenses. There is an option open to each person to reassess the maintenance situation and apply to the court if necessary to vary the original maintenance order. So it's open to the parties to go into court and say that the situation at the moment is that the finances have changed, they're not in a position to continue to pay um, all their expenses and they're struggling and they're looking to revisit the maintenance um, situation and look for increased maintenance. The party responding to that, so the person that's been asked to um, increase the maintenance, has an opportunity to appear before the court and put before the court their financial situation. So if the person is in a position to pay increased maintenance, a judge can make that order. If a judge assesses that this 
this person is equally strained financially and can't make an increased payment, well, then a judge may refuse the application. But there is an option there to apply to the court to vary maintenance upwards if there is a requirement for an increased figure in relation to maintenance based on a need of the children. And a judge will assess that on a financial need. Okay. One final question, and this is probably maybe somebody's opinion or view in relation to courts and the listener tells us here that sometimes it seems that the judge is more favourable towards the mother and the father has to fight harder for rights to children. I think, John, that's quite often a view that I hear on a regular basis from clients that that attend and have found the court process very difficult. There's no question about it. Court is very difficult for mother and father. It's a very undesirable situation to be in that you're attending a family law uh, court. It's a very difficult situation. But I think, to be fair, the judiciary are very conscious of the issues that are there for family um, families who are separating. And I think in my experience, of appearing in courts that the judges are very fair to both parents and I think the introduction of the Section 32 reports being the voice of the child reports are of great benefit to parents male and female in relation to appearing in court because I think it's an opportunity for every side to be put before the court in a very calm fashion in that the the report is prepared well in advance of court the author of the report meets with both parents individually and takes time with both parents to listen to both sides and also to speak with the children and the voice of the child is put before the court and a judge in making a decision in relation to children and family law always do so in what's in the best interests of the child, not what's in the best interests of each parent but what is in the best interests of the child irrelevant of mother or father. All right, OK. Time unfortunately has caught up with us but uh, for the moment Orla Sharkey, a partner and indeed head of family law at Callan Tansy Solicitors, thank you so much for coming into studio and indeed for getting through so many queries and questions already this morning. Thank you, John. Thank you very much.